0: welcome to this grit and grace life you've got questions we've got answers from the boardroom to the bedroom car lines to college single married or single again we're bringing real answers to help you live and love your grit and grace life
1: welcome to this grit and grace life i'm darlene brock hey girl hey i'm julie bender Okay. Do you have a lot of anxiety today? Are you worried about anything, Julie?
0: Was it because I'm like digging at my eye? You see me doing that? And I have I... no eyelashes on? You think I might be anxious? What are you, what, <laughs> are you trying to call me to the carpet like this?
1: Sorry, today, gosh. I actually
0: feel okay. But as you see, I've pulled all of my eyelashes off, which is a sign of anxiety in my life.
1: Yeah, So that's fun. Everything great. How are you? <laughs> Everybody has things they do when they're anxious. That just happens to be yours.
0: <sighs> and the truth is, is there are many triggers for real anxiety. But according to several surveys taken by random internet people, there are some unlikely things that cause our own personal panics.
1: It's true. And this one I think is entirely true. Not knowing where the bathroom is. Like you're in a strange place. You need to find the bathroom. Who do you ask? Or do you care? Do you, You are you nervous? Aimlessly hoping it'll show up. Not me. I just go to whoever's nearby. Do you know where the bathroom is? Well, and then they're like point to the sign that was right next to you,
0: like really, (laughs) what lady? There's a sign right there. That's my fear is that I'll ask, and then they'll be like, "You should know you're standing next to it." True. Yeah. What about some people really get anxious about ordering at a restaurant? Do you? No,
1: I'm like, what am I gonna eat today? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I do? I wait till everybody else decides, not because I automatically want to do what they order. But if they order something that I go, oh, I wish I had that. I want to know in advance so I can make that decision and not, you know, feel badly that I didn't order that thing I wish I had. (laughs) Some people really get anxious
0: about being late or being early. Oh, do you? You're Um, on time. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think I'm really early. I'm not necessarily late. I'm like there when I'm supposed to be there. Don't expect me early, I think.
1: (laughs) But I'll be there on time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like arriving early at an event. Uh, I am weird about that because I don't want to be the first one in the seat for some reason or something. Yeah. I don't know. And then some people, they want to make sure that they, they're there. They Nothing kept yes. them from being late, for sure. Yes. All right. Wondering if you're dressed appropriately. Hmm. I think that I mean, used to matter to me. I don't think it does anymore. Yeah, I know people who have really dealt with this.
0: I actually had a friend who was really worried about what she was going to wear to the restaurant and what she was going to eat. And we discussed it well in advance, what she would wear and what she would eat before.
1: Well, so I mean, we, the thing. yeah, and, and we went in the music business. We went to a lot of functions and events. And Grammys. I remember buying clothes for the Grammys. <laughs> I do. But what's interesting at these kind of events is you get critiqued there by people sitting around the room. For sure. I had a great dress, but apparently my shoes weren't right for the dress, according to three people at a bench. And they basically said, honey, come over here. I love your dress. I love your dress. But those shoes, I'm like, who are you? And And why do I care what you think about my shoes? But it can't be trying (sighs) sometimes. That's unfortunate. What about when you
0: receive an unexpected text message or worse, yours goes unread? or red without a response
1: yeah that's even worse where you see the little bubbles you know they've seen it and they don't say anything <sighs> that's why you gotta turn read receipts off
0: do, i'd rather just think well maybe she didn't see it yet
1: oh i didn't but even know all, you could yeah, do that
0: like, wait what <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I need to help you <laughs> yes, yes, you yes. that little thing of it, it says red underneath no you don't yeah. want that
1: yeah uh, passing a policeman on the highway
0: nerve-wracking nerve-wracking sure.
1: yeah. even if you're driving perfectly the right
0: speed seat belt no phone nearby none of it it's still scary he's gonna get you yeah he is <laughs> what about eating spaghetti in front of someone you don't know that's funny to me <laughs> i don't think i've ever ordered spaghetti at a restaurant come on yeah I, I know people do but people in my own family have I'm like really spaghetti you're choosing spaghetti you're spaghetti is what i feed you room? when i'm really phoning it in and you're gonna order it out <laughs>
1: We had spaghetti last night, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And pizza tonight, I think, right? Real Italian vibes these days. (laughs) Okay, not getting likes, shares, or followers on social media.
0: I mean, it is definitely a real thing, especially for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, it is. Sad. Please don't go down that one. Don't get anxious over it. Hmm.
0: The truth is, is anxiety strikes us all big things, little things. We often dwell in the what ifs that can genuinely make us crazy, but there is an actual anxiety that we want to talk about today that can be debilitating, actually keeping you from pursuing your dreams or experiencing the life that you want to live.
1: This week, we're going to speak with author, speaker, and professional in her field, Caroline Beidler. She is also a woman just like us who has her own experience dealing with this and isn't afraid to admit it. Caroline Beidler, BA, MSW, is the author
0: of Downstairs Church, Finding Hope in the Grit of Addiction and Trauma Recovery, and currently she's writing her next project due this year. A recovery advocate and founder of the storytelling platform Circle of Chairs, with almost 20 years in leadership within social work and ministry, Caroline is currently a consultant with JBS International, writing and creating content for several federal agencies, as well as founder and host of the annual International Women's Day Global Recovery Event. Caroline lives in Tennessee with her husband and twins, where she enjoys hiking in the mountains and building up her community's local recovery ministry.
1: Welcome, Caroline. It's good to have you with us today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited
0: to be here. Well, I'm feeling a little bit anxious about this conversation, so (laughs) can we like, maybe start easy? I'm kidding. I'm not feeling anxious, and that's probably not appropriate for me to say. (laughs) But before we jump into the topic, Caroline, will you tell us a little bit I don't know. What's a day in your life like? What are you up to today or what's normal for you?
2: Oh, goodness. A day in my life. Let's see. Well, it begins with stumbling to the coffee pot, um, letting the dog out, making breakfast. I have two little ones at home, five-year-old twins, Henrik and Violet, and they are just the lights of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But it for those with littles who know this, that, you know, waking up isn't as relaxing um, as it once was. So it's like, I do all of the things, uh, but coffee is still my number one. I don't know. Is this,
1: is this bad that that's the first thing I do? No.
0: Okay.
2: no. Okay. You are talking to then two
1: women come who out. are like that. Yeah. Julie and I, gu- <laughs> I guzzle it. She probably sips it properly, but well, I have younger kids, but it is my first thought too. Yes. like, Oh,
0: I don't want to get up, but there's coffee on the other side of yes. getting up.
2: Yeah. So that's, you know, how my day starts, but I love to work out. So that is something that I've started doing. Um, well, it's not start doing I'm in my forties now. It's been a minute. Um, but that's part of my routine daily, just moving my body, having a little bit of devotion time again with the littles. It's not a whole lot of time. I do more of that at night, but, um, I read it, read a devotional every morning. You know, talk to my husband when we're not bickering. I give him a kiss and a hug uh, when we're bickering. We still try to do that. And um, then I kind of get into my workday. So I'm very grateful that it's a beautifully normal life today. And um, yeah, I'm really grateful for every day. Well,
0: that sounds like a perfect way to start a normal day. And we're looking forward to hearing more about some of the things that you have dealt with and many, many of our listeners deal with.
1: We often start interviews with the challenges you face. Um, And I think we should do something a little bit different this time because women who deal with anxiety want to feel hopeful, or I think maybe it makes you more anxious. So, you know, let's start with something or some things that you have found that helps you with anxiety to give our women hope before we talk about the challenges. Well first I'm going to just take a really
2: deep breath myself. <sighs> all right, sometimes it's good to just do that to just take a very deep breath. Um but really honestly all I have to do today is look at my beautiful children and I have hope because there is really no way that I cannot believe in a loving God that cares for me and my mental health when I see them running and playing and healthy and focusing on something lovely like this as my children um, and really on the other beautiful things of life just brings me such joy, especially considering some of the challenges that I've lived through. So, oh yeah, definitely my kids, my family gives me hope that my struggle, all the struggles that I've been through have been worth it. There are definitely some things that only
0: a little snuggle from your kiddo can Mm -hmm. help for sure. Mm -hmm. Love that. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your personal story, your personal struggle with anxiety, as many of us will be able to relate to.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, looking back now, I think I can see that I've always really been an anxious person. So even as a child, you know, biting my nails, nervous, kind of wringing my hands. I mean, I remember in middle school and high school having to stand up in front of a classroom to give a report, you know, or a speech or something like that, and being so terror-stricken and terrified, almost fainting. Mm-hmm. Um and then some things happened to me as a high school student and teenager and some other things i experienced coming from a broken home a home you know with divorce and and substance misuse issues and and some other things and and i developed more anxiety and that at that time is really when i started trying to self medicate so as a kid again i started i think just my person who i am you know how god created me i just have this tendency towards this nervousness <laughs> But then, when things happened to me, that was so, so amplified. And so, unfortunately, you know, as a young teen, as a kid, really, I started to self medicate with alcohol and drugs as a way to calm Mm -hmm. myself. And I didn't understand at the time what was going on, but I didn't have a solution in my life, a coping strategy other than something outside of myself like that, something unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And fast forward, you know, couple decades, I already said I'm in my forties. You all know that, mm-hmm. um, got those little lines, you know, my forehead starting <laughs> if you saw me in person. Um, but fast forward a couple decades and still having anxiety, but then paired with that so much guilt, you know, how could I have anxiety still? I'm in recovery from that drug and alcohol issue. Mm-hmm. I'm a believer, you know, I followed Jesus. How can I still be anxious? What's wrong with me? Yeah. is it my fi- do I not have enough faith? Have I am I not a good mom? You know, like what is wrong with me? And so the anxiety kind of coupled with guilt into let me tell you, a, a very hot mess there for a minute. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of my background with anxiety.
1: you know, as someone who doesn't struggle with anxiety, it is easy for me. I, I have family members who have panic attacks and it's easy for me to go there is nothing to be panicked about right now Mm. what 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 is going on in your head I don't get it but the reality is anyone who struggles with this it's not an easy fix it's not someone from my perspective might say just get over it and move on that's not the reality it takes more than that to get past this so Caroline how did you Well, and I appreciate, you know, Darlene, you're
2: sharing your experience because even though, you know, the recent statistics show that over 40 million adults in the US, so almost 20% of the population has struggled with anxiety, not everyone does. And so it's really important to have these conversations to help all of us understand more about the process. So for me, a couple things happened. with my healing journey and recovery journey. So I was in recovery from substance use from alcoholism and drug addiction, you know, check awesome, right? <laughs> Live in the recovery life. But what I hadn't recovered from was a lot of those issues that I was trying to self-medicate. So a lot of times people in addiction recovery say that our substance misuse is just a, not just, but a symptom of something greater going on, right? So I had not yet Gotten to healing from some of those greater things. So I started seeing a therapist. Okay. Mm-hmm. I believe God and therapy can work together beautifully. Mm-hmm. And along with therapy, I started taking medication, which is something that I have been so against for so long. Um, so I'm and I'll be open with you. I'm on an antidepressant that it's called an SSRI that can also be helpful for anxiety. And so I I started you know, seeing a psychiatrist to help me with that. I started doing specific therapy related to some of the trauma I had experienced. And for me, some of that was sexual trauma. And so I needed more support. And lastly, I started talking about my experiences with other people, not just in the recovery setting, but in my small group at church. Mm -hmm. And I started discovering and finding out that I wasn't the only woman on Sunday morning who was super anxious, right? (laughs) People just weren't talking about it because of that guilt and because of that shame. And so all of those things together, being honest, seeing professional mental health provider, trying different things like medication, also the movement, I talk about exercise, has really helped me to make a lot of progress on my road to recovery from anxiety.
0: Caroline, thank you for sharing all of that. I'm I'm listening to you and like just seeing how many different pieces were at play to help you find healing and hope like we've talked about. And, and the thought that is coming to mind is like you took it from being this dark, lonely issue that you had by yourself and slowly started exposing it and yourself to letting light in through a variety of mm-hmm. places. And, and I'm just seeing this picture of how you know, kind of exposing it to the healing light is the first of many steps. That's so important. And so I hope that as our friends are listening today, those who maybe have never really shared what their struggle with anxiety has been like, um, just knowing that it is okay to talk about it and how it could be just the thing that someone else might need just to hear that I struggle with this. I need help with this. I have undealt with Trauma or struggles, um, these symptoms need to be addressed. So, just first, thank you for that. And um, I would just hope that anyone listening would be
2: open to the idea of pursuing that for herself as well. I agree 100%. And bringing it into the light, like you said, and we aren't alone in our experience. You know, so many folks experience anxiety, but when we can talk about it and share about it, there's so much power in shared experience and having vulnerability and coming to a place where we can connect over, you know what, me too. I'm going through this too, you know, I am feeling anxious, I am feeling worried, I might have a pan, you know, have panic attacks, I mean the world we live in just turned on the news, like who's yeah. not going to have a panic attack, <laughs> right, <so> true. like, <laughs> we need to, we need to connect over some of this stuff, who's not, who's raising a kid in today's world, who is not nervous or anxious about what their world is going to look like in a couple years or what they have to face at school these days or on social media, you know, mm-hmm. um, we're all facing, we're all facing it.
1: Okay, I imagine it takes uh, what you've already talked about uh, involving other people, but it has to be a change of mindset too, where you go from feeling hopeless to hopeful as you sort through how to address this anxiety. What does that look like, Caroline? Caroline?
2: Well, I'm going to point to scripture here because for me, digging into God's word has been so, so helpful. And, you know, one of the verses that I love is from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Mm-hmm. Now, for a long time, this verse, I'm just going to be real with you all, actually added a little bit to my guilt, yeah. not the verse itself, but how my mind was interpreting it. Well, if God gave me the spirit of power and love and self-discipline, then where is this spirit of anxiety coming from, right? But when I was able to take this thought captive, which is also coming from scripture, but take the thought that I, you know, I am less than or something is wrong with me and reframing it in my mind, taking that captive and saying no, and really focusing in on what does this verse say? This verse says nothing about guilt. This verse says nothing about you know, not making mistakes. When we look at this verse in the context of scripture as a whole, God tells us we, that we are lovable, that we are his beloved, that we are everything in him, that we can do anything. And so making sure that when those thoughts come, that we have this guilt around feeling anxious, saying, no, you know what? I'm going to recognize and acknowledge and accept this anxiety right now. God, I am feeling anxious right now in this moment and either take this from me or let me acknowledge this and move on and focus on the truth of what you tell me, that you do give us power and love and self-discipline and really a practical way that I've been able to take God's word and just let it just simmer in my heart has been repeating it. And so this verse, sometimes when I'm anxious, I will just repeat it. You know, um, if you saw me driving down the road, sometimes even the grocery store, it makes me anxious. It's all these people, you know, moving around, there's cut their carts. I'm like, just <laughs> do the grocery order already, you know, <laughs> let me through. Um, but in my mind, you know, I'll just be kind of saying this and it is, it's so, so helpful. So hopefully that gives a little bit of, you know, practical, application here for folks, but there's so many other ways that we can practically help our anxiety move from a place of hopelessness to hope. And it's not just that, you know, go have a cup of tea and take a deep breath. No, (laughs) that's not always the way that, that it works. You know, we have to be more active and bring God into that process with us. Well, kind
0: of maybe on the other side, I would imagine there might be some common triggers per se, if that's the right word that Tend to cause anxiety for women or for people in general? Are there certain things that you've noticed in your work and in your own personal experience that tend to be an anxiety inducing experience?
2: You know, I think for me, I I had a really significant period of time that was a setback for me, and it was right around March of 2020. I don't know where you all were at at that point. But when things in my life feel very much out of control or unknown as someone who's experienced trauma and who has anxiety, when I'm feeling out of control is when I can be triggered. So sometimes that happens to me. And I'm not even... Aware of it on the conscious level. Certainly, a couple of years ago when the world felt very different and scary and we weren't quite sure what was going on, you know, very anxiety producing. And I was feeling very out of control. But today, for example, this actually just happened pretty recently. My husband changed our plans, you know, well, it happens sometimes, (laughs) right? We were going to do one thing. Um, I had plans for his day, we had chores to do. And you know, I had a whole list in my mind for what how my husband could, you know, make the day exactly the way I wanted it to be. Um, And he changed the plans, or that was kind of how I perceived things. So when something changed, and I felt out of control, I didn't know on a conscious level. But I started to feel anxious, my heart started beating funny. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, so it took me a minute to really think about Oh, my goodness this is me being triggered by not feeling in control of my day and so i think having that clarity or that first step of really self awareness and understanding ourselves a little more and for me that's how therapy was so helpful um and talking to some of my ladies in a small group just being able to recognize some of those triggers can be an impactful way to you know address anxiety before it goes through the roof you know i didn't need to You know, I didn't have a panic attack when my husband changed our plans. I didn't, you know, any of these things, I was able to say, oh, wow, I'm feeling anxious right now. And then I reflected on the cause of that. And boy, having some clarity around where it's coming from kind of knocked the mystery and power out of it, right? It didn't seem so scary anymore. It's like, well, yeah, considering my background, yeah, I'm going to feel out of control, maybe a little anxious, but I don't need to sit there, you know? So today I just feel like I it doesn't rule my life anymore. And I mm-hmm. guess for listeners out there, I just I want to encourage folks who are listening today, anxiety does not have to be something that controls you. It doesn't have to be something that controls us. We can learn to live with it, to manage it, and it loses its power. And today I have so few instances of what happened to me the other day. I have so I can't even remember the last time I had a panic attack. I mean, Um, It is possible to heal from anxiety.
1: So Caroline, one thing you just, well, the thing you just said is recognizing the source of that anxiety in that moment. So to me, that's one step that can help you overcome it. There have to be others with your counseling and your conversations that you have gained to equip yourself in dealing with them. Can you share those with our listeners? Because I'm sure it would be helpful.
2: Yeah, so not only, you know, do I have personal experience, but I do have a background working with women and working with women with mental health challenges, you know, like anxiety. And I pointed to this a little bit earlier, but I think one of the main ways is to just surround yourself with people. So if you're listening right now and you cannot list at least maybe two or three other folks in your life who are your go-to circles of support that I would really encourage you to find those people or allow yourself to be open to those folks coming into your life. Because we need, as human beings, especially when we have anxiety, we need to be surrounded by circles of support, where we can practice vulnerability and openness, where we can shine a light on some of those challenges that we're having. Hmm. So that would definitely be, you know, one of the first things I'd say. And then prioritizing self-care. And I know I've done some writing on self-care. It's kind of silly sometimes where, you know, self-care isn't just about lavender bubble baths and, you know, whatever you visualize with self-care, going to get your mani-pedi, although I'm a huge fan of mani-pedis. Self-care is about taking care of our physical bodies. So moving our bodies, making sure that we are putting healthy food into our bodies. You all, I can always tell, my mental health is always a little funky. If I go on like a, weekend long ice cream bench. Okay. <laughs> um, if I am putting things in my body that aren't healthy, what comes out of my body isn't always going to be the healthiest either. So movement, you know, exercise, what we're eating, how we're taking care of our body, certainly drinking alcohol. I don't know if y'all, you know, I'm in recovery from alcohol, but I encourage my friends who have drink wine, please have a glass of wine, you know, think of me when you sip it. Um, but just know that for women specifically alcohol can cause anxiety and depression. So some of those things that we're ingesting can actually be our coffee, you know, like we started out saying, if I go over my two and a half cups of coffee in the morning, trust me, I'm going to have some heart palpitation. <laughs> so I know, you know, to limit those types of things that are going into my body that could be contributing to my anxiety.
0: What about some coping mechanisms that, you know, Okay. You're in it. You're in the anxious moment. You mentioned taking a breath when we first started. I I know that breath work is important for dealing with anxiety. What are some other things that can kind of be in our pocket when we sense that we're now in the anxious moment?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, breathwork, you know, there's a lot of evidence-based and research around that. And I don't know, when I first heard about breathwork, it kind of feels a little like new agey to me and, you know, like hippie, kind of like what's happening, I'll get my crystal and have some breathwork time. Um, nothing against that. But breathwork, there is an evidence-based way because breathwork can actually calm down the vagus nerve, vagus, vagus nerve, that can cause a lot of that like disruption in our body. And so I actually found a breathing exercise that I love and it's called the four, seven, seven pattern. And basically, you know, you inhale for a count of four, a slow four, you hold that breath for a count of seven, and then you exhale slowly for a count of seven. So the four, seven, seven. And if you can do that over a period of a couple minutes, it will, de-escalate and kind of down-regulate some of your systems, like your heart and, you know, some of the other things that might be happening in your body um, mm-hmm. when we're having anxiety, specifically when, you know, you might be having a panic attack or things like that. So giving yourself a tool like that, that is very practical, um, the 477 breathing technique. And the other thing, you know, I talk about movement. But when we have our systems are just kind of going haywire, right? We have this flight or fight response. And so a lot of times what happens when we're anxious or having anxiety attacks is our uh, fight or flight response goes off. So it may be, you know, I'm triggered by my day changing. It may be even this is, you know, this is real. This happens. Maybe a smell, maybe a sound. And you don't even know on the conscious level, but it's triggering something in you Mm -hmm. where your body is all of a sudden telling you. I need to leave the situation right now. <laughs> I need to go somewhere right now, or I'm going to completely shut myself down. Right. Um, so our bodies are God, God made us so smart. Our bodies, the human body is just an incredible thing. It tries to protect and preserve itself. And so when you're having that moment or flight or fight, sometimes I'll tell folks that are, I'll do this too. go ahead, flight, you know, why, mm-hmm. why fight it? So let's just go for a walk. You know, go for a run if you can. I'm in my 40s and I got bad knees. It ain't happening anymore, but I'm in a brisk walk <laughs> like you've never seen, um, right? So move your body. So I think sometimes the fighting it, it, it causes it to kind of amplify. Again, Make giving it power, you know, and we can just accept it, acknowledge this is happening right now. And I have a couple tools that I can use. I can do this non-funky breathing exercise that has an evidence base. I can go for a walk. And I will just keep saying this. I know I'm a broken record, but calling a friend, telling someone else, bringing someone else into your experience will also be very, very helpful.
1: Recently, I heard this phrase, wash, rinse, and repeat. And the conversation was about life challenges. Because I think like you had a long period where you weren't dealing with anxiety and suddenly it came back. And I think whatever we are struggling with, whatever it is, we think we've mastered it. We think it's behind us. We won't experience it again. And we are shocked and disappointed when it does. So, you know, let's, let's give our listeners a little bit of encouragement that that's just life. Would you say that Caroline?
2: Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, and I really just want to be, you know, super transparent in that I, like I stated, I've healed so much from anxiety am I cured? You know, quote unquote, have I recovered? No, I mean, and I don't think we're humans, right? And, and Jesus said, in this world, we will have trouble, right? Sometimes I think maybe he would have said, you know, in this world, you're going to have a panic attack from time to time, like it's just going to happen. Um, and being human is about recognizing and acknowledging our weakness. But what's beautiful is that God works in that place. You know, God works in that place. My moment of real struggle in 2020, what came from that for me? You all like I could get emotional. I mean, I connected with the grit and grace ladies. You know, I started this whole other journey because of the struggle that I had been through. And, you know, God just shows up in our weakness. And don't forget that. I mean, if you're really struggling or feeling like, oh, you know, I've done the therapy, I've done the medication, I'm you know, praying every day. And I'm, you know, walking, like she said, breathing this and breathing that, and Mm -hmm. you know, but I'm still anxious. It's okay. And it's going to happen. And we need to give ourselves grace, you know, just like we would give our children grace who come to us and say, mommy, I am scared. You know, mommy, I'm having a bad dream and we will hug them and we will just swoop them up. Like that's what God wants to do with us. And that is just going to happen sometimes because we're human beings.
0: For sure. I really appreciate that, um, you know, kind of relatability of even though you've made progress, you've also, it it sounds like you're saying you've made peace with the fact that you will, you will face this from time to time, but having been given the steps or the coping mechanisms or just the understanding of what it is when you're experiencing it are all pieces of the hope that you can have as you continue to move forward, still struggling with the idea that there may be another experience in the future. Uh, Dar mentioned in the beginning that she doesn't necessarily struggle with anxiety, and I would have always said that as well. I have found over the last year, during a, a, a year of high stress, I'm starting mm-hmm. to relate more to having bouts of anxiety as well, and I think that that you know, makes perfect sense. And sometimes I just have to be like, yeah, what I'm going through is pretty stressful. You know, listing mm-hmm. off to my therapist all of the the problems that I'm walking through. She's like, "Yeah, that is a lot." I'm like, "Thank you." But just <laughs> right. Just get like you said, giving yourself some grace that it's okay if you can't manage it all all the time. That means you're mm-hmm. human. That means you're quote normal. So I think bringing mm-hmm. some awareness to that is part of dealing with it as well. Caroline, you mentioned even already, and I think that this is where we kind of want to camp out for a couple minutes. Most of, or a lot of our listeners are believers and they struggle with, how can I say I'm following Jesus if this is a struggle that I can't seem to find freedom from? I think that you mentioned having, you know, those same kind of thoughts yourself. What would you say to her or to other women who maybe struggle with this concept?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think that so many of us are really held down in this it's almost like a weighted blanket of shame right we're dealing with this issue and then on top of that issue we just as women just kind of hang out under this weighted blanket and you know our guilt and our shame especially as believers when right we're supposed to have it together yeah. we're supposed to look perfect on sunday mornings we're supposed to have you know well-behaved children and you know perfect mental health and you know come over for brunch you know i've got it all together kind of vibe you know the truth is that's no one and so I'm so encouraged by conversations like this and what's happening really all over the globe, bringing the conversation of mental health in the church out into the light. Because I think that for way too long, believers have been held down by the lie that we have to be perfect. Because when we have that lie, we're not, we don't feel as comfortable. We don't want to come out and be the only one. You know, I don't want to be the only woman in my small group that's dealing with this? Well, guess what? When I shared it with my Mm -hmm. small group, literally every woman raised their hand, you know, and every woman was so glad that I talked about it. Well, we need to together talk about it because again, we're all human. So yeah, I think, I think we've all been believing that lie for too long that we can't talk about our mental health challenges and our struggles because it's church. The reason we're there (laughs) there. you know, Jesus came to save sinners. I mean, the reason that we're there is because we're human and we're not perfect. And that is all a part of all a part of it.
1: I love that, Caroline, because you know, I'm, I'm a lot older than you ladies. And I have lived through the church experience where you put on your Sunday best, whether it's your clothing, or the way you act or the way you talk what you're willing to expose and not expose. Mm -hmm. And it's been a disservice. It has been such a disservice Mm -hmm. to the needs of all of us because you're right. We're, we're all, we all have struggles. Mine may not be anxiety, but I have others Mm -hmm. and you can sit in a room of women. And when they start saying, Yes, I deal with that. No, I don't deal with that, but I deal with this. And they can be honest in a place where my prayer and hope is it's the safest place. By recognizing that we all have the same need, we all have this different challenges, but the same heart within those challenges and expose it to one another, all of a sudden we can join together and support each other and say, I got your back. Yeah, I've got my problems too. You'll hear those later, but I got your back. And I love it that the church has finally surrendered to the fact that we need to be that for one another. Now, we started with hope, because that is the essence of our faith. It is also the essence of this conversation. And I want to end there as well. So Give our listeners some hope as they're dealing with the struggle of anxiety.
2: Well, I want to point back to something Julie said again about bringing things into the light. And when I was thinking about, I've been thinking about this conversation, a verse from Luke came to, to mind. So I'd like to share that. And it's from Luke chapter one, verse 78 through 79 because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us Mm. to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Mm. And I think that wherever you're sitting today, whether you're feeling like you're sitting in the darkness of anxiety or in the shadow of death, the truth is that because of God's mercy, we are never alone in the darkness that we can turn to the light and to bring our concerns like anxiety to him and to the light. And so that is the hopeful message I'd like to share with the listener today. And ultimately, you're not alone.
0: Love that. Thank you, Caroline, so much for everything you've shared. I feel like there was some really practical advice that was shared, but also just hearing from another woman who is saying, I have this, I'm living with this. It's already gotten better. There is a way, there is hope. I think that that's gonna be so helpful for so many of us today. So thank you for being vulnerable and sharing and joining us today.
1: And Caroline, we will put links to the book that you've already published. I know you have another one coming, which Julie shared with our listeners before you jumped on. And I would say the words that Caroline, that God has allowed and enabled Caroline to share, whether it's at Grit and Grace, her own website, or through what she's published, y'all need to read them. Y'all need to look at them. And we will put links for all of that in the show notes. Thank you again for being here. You're a treasure, lady. Thank you so much. Well, Julie, I think I personally learned a lot from this conversation. And You know, I usually close with a verse, but I can't top this one. I love what she said. And you know what? I would encourage you to open your Bible and go to that Luke chapter 1, 78, 79, and spend a little time with it. For sure. If anything we shared today kind of has you thinking that this is an
0: area you really want to, I don't even want to say work on, focus on pray through, uh, bring into the light. I'd encourage you to check out the show notes. We'll link to a couple of other episodes where we've talked about anxiety and some other articles over at grit and grace life. So thank you so much for joining us today. And we can't wait to be with you again soon. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of this grit and grace life. Make sure you've subscribed and rated and reviewed the show. So more friends can find us. You can also share about this episode on your social media or send it to a friend. You think it could help. You can find everything we talked about in this episode on our website, gritandgracelife.com, where you'll also find plenty of other articles from other women answering questions you may have.